Good morning, and welcome to Restoring the Farmstead podcast. My name is Larry, and today is June 9th, 2019, a lovely Sunday morning. And I am sitting out here bright and early, just enjoying time on the deck as I look over, look over everything. Uh, It's been a little bit since uh, doing a podcast, and so I thought this would be a good time to do it and just kind of update you on some things that have been happening and some things going on. Um, I'm actually sitting out here just enjoying a cup of coffee at a sitting at a little new table and chair set that my wife got uh, for Mother's Day uh, from our son Andy. And we also got another four-chair table set uh, with an umbrella from our daughter Jennifer. So that's, that's nice. But over here, it's nice and cozy in the corner by a bunch of planters that my wife has with... Well, I can recognize petunias and... Uh, I should know the name. Uh, oh, there's marigolds. I should know the name of, oh, impatience. That's it. There's several impatience and it's just, it makes a nice little corner and it's decorated with, uh, a deer skull that grandkids found. <laughs> it's tucked in the corner by, uh, by some flowers. And then, um, uh, I was tilling in the garden, which sits where, the barn used to be the old, old barn that I remember as a kid. And I found a horseshoe that still had three nails in it. So I'm guessing that, uh, the horse worked it off and it got tromped down deep into the manure. And even though it's been a garden since probably around 1990, uh, or late eight, maybe 89 or 88, uh, it never got kicked up by a tiller. So that's kind of neat. But uh, anyway, just some things here. We had a work crew come out and we are hopefully on Tuesday going to have concrete poured along the uh, the porch of the new barn behind the house as well as a walkway so that mom, whether it's on walker or wheelchair, will be able to get out there to the barn whenever we have family gatherings and meals out there. Uh, they, uh, a lot of the ruts and things have been filled in by our uh, work crew um, over this past week. You know, where working in the wintertime, putting up a barn creates a lot of ruts. So they filled that in. And the last of the, the big metal braces that were underneath the uh, the home here, the modular home, whenever it was moved out, those have been hauled off to a place in the CRP ground, so they're not sitting in the backyard. Although I do see a pallet of stone that was left over for the foundation of the house. It's sitting on a pallet right in the middle of the yard, so I guess I need to get over there with the neighbor's skid loader and move that. Um... But yeah, just enjoying things. We've had, uh, my wife put up, looks like five hummingbird feeders, and I watched a couple of hummingbirds at them. As I, as, and as I look at that, I overlook the pond. Uh, we've got a lot of cattails we need to clear out. We're going to try something where you go wading in and you 
cut them off about four inches below the water line, and we've heard that that will drown the cattails. But we need to get a, a good handle on those. There's also some tree trimming around the pond in different spots that need to uh, do some trimming on. The wife and I, we did get in the canoe yesterday and uh, put in a second bottle of uh, kind of a, I guess you would say it's it's a cleanup bacteria, of good, a jug of good bacteria that you pour around the edges of the pond and it helps to build a good bacterial growth in it to stop smell and keep certain algae and slime out of the pond, make it a little bit better. Our neighbor uses this uh, for their pond, and it's a, it's a good pond ideal for swimming now. And so we're hoping that that'll be the case with, with our pond as well. And uh, speaking of the neighbor, he came over yesterday and mowed the big lawn as I refer to it, which is our hay ground. Uh, we have, um, I don't know how many acres that we, we actually mow now because we've, we've kind of modified it a little bit from when it first started. But I would say it's, it's probably still, uh, oh, I would say at least five acres, six acres or so that we have here on this 20-acre piece. So it was all mowed yesterday, and hopefully we'll get some, some, we won't get rain today, and we'll have some good drying days and get that baled up. And uh, with as much moisture as in the ground, as long as we've got good sunny days, we should get several crops of hay over the course of the year uh, this this summer. Oh, well, let's see what has been happening with the animals since I talked to you last. Well, we, uh, I believe last time I was sharing about uh, some uh, ducks that we had, were doing a rescue on. They were wild ducks that uh, in an unfortunate mowing accident, the mother duck was killed, but we had, uh, the eggs were spared and we took the 10 eggs. Um, it was, um, it was a coworker of mine that, that brought the eggs to us or, or told us about the situation. So we put them in an incubator. Six of the eggs hatched. They are cute and adorable little ducks, uh, wild ones. And you would think, you would hope the imprinting would work because, you know, we were there when they hatched. They, we had them in our bathroom. We fed them. We interacted with them. And they are just crazy wild. I guess they are just wild ducks. But there is absolutely no imprinting whatsoever that took place. So um, anyway, they're still in the house because they're still they're still small. We had some other ducks uh, that came to us already hatched from a friend who is a school teacher in Newton, Illinois. And so we uh, we have those six, and they are growing big. They're just regular domesticated ducks, and they they anytime we come walking by, they run up to the fence and and talk to us and looking to see if we've got any food. So they uh, they're doing good, and they're a lot of fun. Uh, our chicks, we have. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how many we have right now. We had our four egg layers from this past year. Then we added to that 
earlier in the season for sapphire hens and they are getting pretty good size themselves now and then we added four baby chicks from um uh the the school there in in newton as well and we're not sure what kind they are we're trying to figure that out i believe we my wife thinks we have uh, one rooster among those four and then she had bought uh, a straight run of of three and i can't remember the name of them but they have lavender feathers and one of them is a rooster and the other two are hens uh, they lay brown eggs also, and so they're in there. But then <sighs> we went to Rural King last weekend. <laughs> and if you're not in in the, the Midwest or I guess in Florida, you may not have heard of Rural King, but it's it's actually a local store that the first store was from about 15 miles from the farm. And they have grown, and they're about the size of Walmarts, but it's all just a great big farm store. And they have really expanded, and they have chicks, of course, like all farm stores seem to have this time of year. So my, uh, uh, I, when we were there last weekend, I told, I told Dawn, I said, now, we're going to be going by the chicks, and no, we do not need any more. We've got plenty of egg layers. We don't need more chicks. We're going to be getting about a dozen eggs a day. We don't need more chicks. So when we turn the aisle, and I enjoy looking at the little chicks and everything, my wife said, look at this. Isn't this the, the meat birds you want to do? And it's the Cornish Cross. They're a fast-growing meat bird. Um, they're ready for harvest in eight to nine weeks after hatching. And I looked and it's like, yeah, that's Cornish Cross. Well, they've got them marked down on sale for a buck a piece. Really? <laughs> so we we came home with uh 22 cornish cross one didn't make it they were kind of crammed too much in a box that they gave us and then we had a couple of other larger ones that they made a deal on and said here you take these also and then they said then, then i think there was even a couple few others i think we wound up bringing home uh, 28 chicks. And yes, it's my fault. I am literally raising my hand as I'm speaking. It's my fault. So we've got them in a big livestock tank, kind of like what they have at the stores. We had one that we cleaned out and made a uh, frame with chicken wire to lay over top. So the cats don't think that this is, you know, a, a nice meal for them. And I tell you, these Cornish cross, they eat and eat and eat. Oh, and by the way, this week we had to, we stopped by there again and they had five more little ones. So we bought those two. Um, so we're going to have, you know, them all processed at this on the same day, but we're going to, uh, we'll have some that are smaller and some that are larger, but they eat and eat and eat and then they sleep and then they drink and that's all they do and they they just it's it's kind of amazing how much they're eating we were looking online and somebody had 11 and that they were going through at least by the end uh, a 40 pound sack of feed per week so uh, we're looking at uh, in July um, my wife has picked out the date that we're going to 
um, take them to the processor. Uh, there's a, a USDA poultry processing plant north of here um, up in Arthur, Illinois. So we're going to be making arrangements, I think probably in about five weeks, we're thinking five to six weeks and get them processed. And so in the meantime, I need to build a chicken tractor for them to live in because they're getting close to being too big in this uh, current setup. And then I also need to build some um, transportation. Uh, I'm only thinking of the word kennel. That's not right. But uh, for transporting them up there to uh, the processing plant. Uh, cages. That's it. Yeah, it's called a cage. <laughs> So anyway, I have those projects to do uh, so that we can get them up there. And then uh, they do it all same day. You know, they're your birds. You get you take them in, you get them back again. Ooh, a hummingbird has landed again and is eating. That's cool. I like that. Um, let's see. On the goats. Well, we had a person come and pick up three of the babies yesterday. Uh, two banded boys and a fainting girl. Uh, the boys, they are actually a pygmy Kiko mix that was not supposed to happen, that we didn't realize happened until this doe had her babies a month ahead of time. And they, uh, and she's a Kiko and they do not have Kiko ears. They have pygmy ears. So we don't know who daddy is. Uh, but this was a this was a doe who knew how to jump fences, so apparently she decided that this fella looked pretty good on the other side of two fences, and she uh, she uh, had her little rendezvous. So anyway, we have another one that I believe is going to be picked up today, and then we just have one more that's going to be picked up. We are going to keep one of our babies. It's Rudy's baby. He is one of the real tiny ones that were born. And we are, um, when was he born? April 1st. And we call him Half Pint. And because that's a cup, a half a pint is a cup. And he's like a, we're calling him a teacup goat. Kind of like you have teacup dogs. This is a teacup goat. Uh, so we're going to keep him around. He is, he's extremely friendly and uh, so that's kind of fun. Actually, the, the six domestic ducks are in the same pen as uh, Half Pint and his mom, Rudy. We did have, or we are still going through a struggle. This is Sunday, so it wasn't this past Thursday. It was the Thursday before, so that's what, like 10 days ago? Uh, we had one of our favorite goats, one of our bottle-fed Kiko babies, Odin, he wound up showing the early signs of goat polio, which is a neurological condition. The, um, there's a virus, as I understand it, and I'm not an expert on it, but there's a virus that attacks the brain, causing swelling, and they start having neurological issues. And you've got to catch it very early, and it's definitely going to get worse before it gets better. I believe he's our fourth goat to have this. Um, and we, uh, uh, he went from just staring and kind of walking stiff to laying down by the end of the day, whenever I was able to give him his first shots and he gets three shots a day 
You have to treat it very aggressively. Uh, he got to the point where he's laying there. Uh, about all he could do was swallow. Uh, had to use a syringe to get him water. Wasn't able to chew anything. He couldn't blink his eyes. Uh, but you got to just give him tender, loving care. That's what you got to do. You got to be faithful to him. So we moved him into the machine shed in one of the birthing pens. And uh, he did seem to scratch his eyes some, but he seems to have recovered from that just from laying on the hay with his eye open. So now we have some old bed sheets that we fold up, wad up into a pillow uh, for him. And uh, he's been gradually making improvement. So now he's uh, he will drink out of a bowl if you you know position it right. Uh, he's eating uh, grass. He's eating hay. Um, for a while, we were mixing up. Uh, well, we, he's still getting Pedialyte to help with his uh, electrolytes, but we were mixing up Pedialyte and baby oatmeal and baby food carrots or no sweet potatoes and giving that to him in a syringe but now he's eating regular food so we're not going to continue with with that for now uh and he's he's trying to get up and if you help him up he can stand in an awkward way for a time but he still has probably i would say a good two to three weeks based on past experience uh, for getting getting through this. So again, he's still on three shots a day. He gets an antibiotic and he gets two shots of thiamine. Uh, as for the rest of the goats, they're all doing pretty darn good. Uh, we moved the two moms whose babies left yesterday back into the regular pen and had a little bit of trouble with uh, bullying, but you know that's what pygmies do. Uh, you know, established pecking order. So that was going on. And let's see, I did a little trimming around the beehives, and this morning I'm going to get into them a little bit because this afternoon we are having our bee club field day and potluck dinner out here at the farm. So I'm excited about that. I'm hopeful that the rain is going to stay to the east of us. Oops, excuse me. <laughs> oh, must be the mode hay. That's what I'll blame it on. Uh, but anyway, we're going to... Uh, <coughs> excuse me again. Uh, we're going to be having everybody coming out. And we're going to you know visit. Then we're going to suit up and get into the hives. And uh, uh, do a little teaching for new people. I've got uh, hopefully some hives that are, that are good. And I also have one that I know is dead. And that away, it has, um, it's just filled with uh, wax moth. And I thought, I'm going to leave that for field day just so people, the newbies, can see what that's like. And so then we'll, uh, when we're done with that, we're going to have our potluck dinner. And I still have some things to do regarding uh, getting things ready for it. But otherwise, it's been pretty good out here. It's been a lot of fun, even with the rain. Uh, but the grass is growing. We're mowing our yard that was mostly dirt. The grass is coming in good. Uh, did some cleaning up in the farmhouse. It's been kind of neglected a little bit, so did some work, quite a bit of work on that yesterday. Uh, got the garden in. Um, it needs some serious weeding. 
but uh, you know when the ground gets a little bit drier uh, maybe tomorrow evening I'll come out after work and grab my hoe and see what I can do we've got tomatoes a bunch of tomatoes we've got Roma tomatoes uh, brandy wine and then cherry tomatoes we also have some cucumbers uh, cantaloupe butternut squash uh, several rows of bush green beans, uh, carrots, and uh, radishes. And those I did a little bit different. Um, I, I had seen this and I thought, I'm going to try it. Uh, you take toilet paper, take like a three-foot strip, cut it uh, in half so it's two long three-foot strips. And then you take flour and water and make a paste and then dab some of it at the distance that you want your carrots or your radishes to be. Then you take a, a, a wetened toothpick and use that to pick up the tiny carrot seeds and then just put those on the, the flour and water and then fold that over. Once you got your strip done, fold you know, the, the paper, toilet paper in half and you've now got uh, like, you know, seed tape, except you didn't pay a dollar a foot for it. You know, it's, it's very cheap. And so we, uh, I think we've got enough for around 250 carrots. And I'm not sure how many on the, the radishes. But, so that's the garden. We, we ate asparagus this year. Um, I need to do some work in there to uh, keep the weeds down and give uh, give a little bit better chance for the asparagus to spread. We had a mole a couple of years ago in there, and I think he did a lot of damage uh, to the to the asparagus patch. So it's it needs to build back up again. Uh, the grapes they're coming on. Uh, they've got their little bitty tiny itty bitty grapes that are forming. So hopefully we'll have a nice Concord grape season. And that is probably it for now. Um, there's a whole lot more I could probably talk about, but I'll leave that for another time. So I hope you guys have a great Sunday, and we will talk to you next time here on the podcast. Have a good one. Bye.